I'm really speaking about all of humanity, you know, without exception of anybody, you know. And I, I know that um, a lot of the content in the songs is very heavy, you know, but uh, see, fantasy is what people want, but reality is what they need. And I've just retired from the fantasy part because I realized that uh, could still be intact but what is the likelihood of that when if you trace the source of each resource they've got they tapped into the veins of the masses the system maintains feeding on their youthfulness and draining from their brains and then the weak ones are rejected armed and turned toward the strife they return with force and take away their life but make no mistake there is life in abundance for all to partake so war is redundant and hate is futile but too many put feeling We all are the same The essence of life in this physical plane So nothing can restrain the love You just have to claim the love Yes, I remember the censorship of showing your roots Deception with no lie conditioning for the youths Straightening their follicles while twisting their minds Replacing all traditions with their programs for decline But as I rebel, my naughty swells defiant of the taming My natural advantage I'm proclaiming These spirals map the course of life and represent the force of life Connected to the source of life So make no mistake There is life in abundance for all to partake So war is redundant and hate is futile But too many put feelings We all are the same The essence of life in this physical plane So nothing can restrain the love you just have to claim it, you just have to claim it, you just have to claim the love. Claim the love. 
Yes, make no mistake, there is life in abundance for all to partake. So war is redundant and hate is futile. But too many put feelings in. We all are the same. The essence of life in this physical plane. Nothing can restrain the law. You just have to claim it. 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 You just have to claim the law. In the dark, she's a lock from the ox, spitting lyrics from the heart. Honey complected it, brainwaves stay connected it. Her meditation skills keep her traveling through the stars. Came from the ether, destination unknown, flown from outer space where lots of ancient people were grown. Shown the truth since the youth and the roots showed the proof. Opening pathways like the Father issue. Like that boot camp sheet, a strange wonder. Ascended to the heavens from the land of down under. Trying to figure how to reunite her people now asunder She devours these alliances to stave off her growing hunger Her number, the two stands for ever growing wisdom She is the moon, he the sun, overstand and make the cipher one You could catch her politicking on the streets of Mecca Then she rest in Ile Ipe to recharge her bio essence We'll have our quarrels And you will upset me But what can I do? 81 is when she broke the earthly terrain Born with two Fulani earrings and a pocket full of change Thus with a voice that's the sound to behold She broke the mold, renewed the old Turned the microphone to solid gold Spoke with the elders before she left the home planet And they told her never disrespect the craft if you disband it Remember the four facets, they will carry you far Not for you to be a star, but a preserver of art Part human cause the body she inhabits A goddess cause she carry bloodlines of the immortal status Like Gladys Took the midnight train to Georgia Seeking out the ground like old Moorish explorers The forest of knowledge was barren and weeds were taking over She took a seed from her magic bag and planted near a four-leaf clover A lotus flower grew from mud at the riverbanks The people start rejoicing on their knees giving thanks We'll have our quarrels And you will upset me But what can I do? They asked her name, wonder why she wasn't famous She said my name is Cyrock, you're confused on what my aim is I do this not for recognition, but to change my folks' position This is lesson 101, so hold your tongue and start to listen You are the lost tribe, wanders from the light Sent to conquer universes, turn the wrongness to right The uncivilized have an envious eye And they plotted your demise based on treachery and lies You lost your culture and the jewels that you came with They learned your alchemy and they used it to make a name with Became the false gods while the real ones suffered the Became dull and over time they lost their luster You forgot the mission and got tricked into submission Now the elders sent me here to resurrect the beats and rhythms This is your movement and it can never be stopped It's the spirit of our people giving the name of hip hop Joyous, joyful exaltation Joyous, joyful exaltation. Lord knows where. 
joyful exaltations and greetings to those who liberate themselves. Welcome to Women Wednesday. I'm your host, Mari Amatine. Blessings, greetings, and love to all within the listening ear. Tonight's theme is a modicum of wisdom, the why and the way, part two. A modicum, a small amount, a modicum of wisdom, the why and the way, Part two, we're going to start off in the praise up as there's nothing new under the sun that the most high is not revealed. I'm going to read from Proverbs 8 in King James Version. Doth not wisdom cry? And understanding put forth her voice. She standeth in the top of high places. By the way in the places of the paths. She crieth at the gates, at the entry of the city, at the coming in at the doors. Unto you, O men, I call, and my voice is to the sons of man. O ye simple, understand wisdom, and ye fools, be ye of an understanding heart. Hear, for I will speak of excellent things, and in the opening of my lips, shall be right. For my mouth shall speak truth, and wickedness is an abomination to my lips. All the words of my mouth are in righteousness. There is nothing froward or perverse in them. They are all plain to him that understandeth, and right to them that find knowledge. Receive my instruction, not silver, and knowledge rather than choice gold, for wisdom is better than rubies, and all the things that may be desired are not to be compared to it. I, wisdom, dwell with prudence, and find out knowledge of witty inventions. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil, pride, and arrogancy, and the evil way and the froward mouth do I hate. Counsel is mine, and sound wisdom. I am understanding. I have strength. By me kings reign, and princes decree justice. By me princes rule, and nobles, even all the judges of the earth. I love them that love me, and those that seek me early shall find me. Riches and honor are with me. Yea, durable riches and righteousness. My fruit is better than gold, yea, than fine gold. And my revenue, the choice silver. I lead in the way of righteousness, in the midst of the paths of judgment. That I may cause those that love me to inherit substance. 
and I will fill their treasures. The Lord possessed me in the beginning of his way, before his works of old. I was set up from everlasting, from the beginning, forever the earth was. When there were no depths, I was brought forth. When there were no fountains abounding with water. Before the mountains were settled, before the hills was I brought forth. While as yet he had not made the earth, nor the fields, nor the highest part of the dust of the world. When he prepared the heavens, I was there. When he set a compass upon the face of the depth, when he established the clouds above, when he strengthened the fountains of the deep, when he gave the sea his decree, that the water should not pass his commandment, when he appointed the foundations of the earth, then I was by him, as one brought up with him, and I was his daily delight, rejoicing always before him, rejoicing in the habitable part of his earth, and my delights were with the sons of men. Now therefore hearken unto me, O ye children, for blessed are they that keep my ways. Hear instruction, and be wise, and refuse it not. Blessed is the man that heareth me, watching daily at my gates, waiting at the post of my doors, for whoso findeth me findeth life, and shall obtain favor of the Lord. But he that sinneth against me wrongeth his own soul. All that hate me love death. All that hate wisdom love death. Overstand that sentence. The Most High has gifted us something so precious and sacred. And it's hidden. So that's why it's there's those who seek. On tonight's episode, we're going to focus in on the path of transformation. Five spiritual faculties. We're going to take a music moment. Blessings and grace. human being whose light heart can soar with the dust it's hard to keep your head up when life smoke obscures your gaze i pray to see the beauty even in that smoke's dark haze and when i feel worthy to receive the universe opens up to me i'm a wide open vessel true love expressing i'll never live a day in vain When I feel worthy to receive The universe opens up to me I'm a wide open vessel You love expressing I'll never live a day in vain Dang vain Dang in vain My mother, she anoints my head with soil. 
I walk upon her bounty as the world's roll shall uncoil. Precious be my father. I stand warm in his ray. His sonnet is the sunrise, his gift to us is day. And when I feel worthy to receive, the universe opens up to me. I'm a wide open vessel. Love expressing, I'll never live a day in vain. And when I feel worthy to receive, the universe opens up to me. I'm a wide open vessel. True love expressing, I'll never live a day in it out before it stains there's so much to support you the water earth and air this life is such a privilege give thanks because it's there and when we feel worthy to receive the universe opens up for we we're wide open vessels that you love expressing we'll never live a day in vain
and grace and I'm back with a modicum of wisdom the why and the way part two we're going to start off in 
the transformation process. Technically speaking, the process of transformation occurs in three stages of progressive unfoldment. According to Ageless Wisdom, the terms used to describe these stages are transmutation, transformation, and transfiguration. Lifetimes are required to complete the metamorphosis that culminates at the stage of transfiguration when the light of the soul floods the outer persona and changes it permanently. The human soul is imprisoned by the matrix of material forces in which it dwells until the moment of awakening when the heart opens up and one begins to sense the subtler dimensions of life. A mysterious alchemical process is set in motion by which the lower self or the unredeemed persona gradually becomes aware of its higher counterpart, the divine self, existing on a subtler plane. When this awareness reach a kindling point, a seeker of light is born and the way opens up for the path of transformation. On this path, material forces such as aggression, greed, and self-pursuit are transmuted into spiritual energies such as wisdom, love, and the desire to serve others. What unfolds are the subtle processes that are reflected in the subtleties of language conveyed in the wisdom teachings. There's a distinction made between energies and forces. The word energy generally refers to that which is formless, spiritual substance that flows freely. The word force refers to energy encased in matter, limited by form. Human beings is transformed through the interplay of the two. Transmutation is the first phase of the transformative journey. It marks the start of a process by which material forces are elevated and the goal of transmuting them into spiritual energies through the power of the mind. At this initial stage in life of the spiritual, the soul is not yet fully conscious of itself on its own plane, but has become sensitive to the subtler realities. The personality is still largely defined and identified with its physical body, emotions, and mind, and becomes sufficiently coordinated and integrated to begin to work on the transmuting force into energy through the mind and will. One learns to charge or step up the material force into soul energy by concentrating the mind to the degree that it can affect the subtle forces of the threefold personality, the mind, itself, and the astral or emotional body, and the vital energy body that underlines the physical form. Through the power of focused thought, through the power of focused thought, one learns to raise the emotional forces of the desired nature, anchored in the solar plexus or the chakra, to the heart center. In the heart center, the separative force of personal desire is transmuted into the magnetic energy of spiritual love. Altruists and idealists and all people who work for the greater good of humanity exemplify the transmutation of the force of the desire nature into the energy of love. Creative people embody another facet of transmutation, the lifting up of the procreative forces located in the sacral 
fifth chakra and to creative energies associated with the throat chakra. Individuals working in this way are often engaged in some form of communication. Broadly defined, this may be artists, musicians, writers, philosophers, or scientists making new discoveries. Through their chosen vocation or avocation, they actively transmute. They actively transmute raw material force to its higher octave of creative expression, often in the goal of enhancing the lives of others. There were countless examples of creative geniuses throughout the ages who have wrestled with their lower natures, struggling to, struggling to transmute the vital forces of their personalities into service to the world. Now, transformation. Once the mind can successfully direct the forces of the persona, and the lower forces have been sufficiently converted into higher energies, the stage of transmutation gives way to transformation. The goal of the second phase of the journey is the integration of, of um, material force and spiritual energy into a smoothly functioning unit. By the time of its completion, the light of the soul imbues the outer persona, transforming it into a vehicle dedicated to fulfilling the soul's purpose. This phase is sparked by a growing awareness of the reality of the soul. The, the individual increasingly recognizes the inner self as a unique entity, distinct from the personality that is identified with the life of the material world. It is here that one of the most acutely encounters the sense of duality between the two aspects of the human being, spirit and matter. We, we, we continue to experience life as a personality with various identities, teacher, lawyer, artist, activist, mother, father, husband, wife. At the same time, the boundless, timeless, liberated dimension of the spiritual self breaks through to conscious awareness. The challenge of this stage on the path is finding the way to overcome the increasing dissatisfaction that arises from the awareness of living in these two worlds or having two conflicting aspects of self. For many reasons, among them highly practical ones, the worldly persona continues to play its role while the higher self slowly learns to attune to the subtler plane of reality. As the journey unfolds and the focus of consciousness shifts from the outer world form to the inner world of meaning, a struggle for control takes place between the two aspects of self. This struggle continues until, at the end, the personality surrenders to the soul. Okay? The personality has to surrender to the soul. The price of spiritual transformation is high. It involves a prolonged inner battle as the soul, emerging forth into conscious awareness, seeks to control the lesser self, the persona, which fights hard to maintain its habitual ways of living. Deep-rooted attachments to the material world where selfish motives and drives predominate are not easily yielded to the higher self. Thus the seeker is put and pulled into two directions, toward the unfamiliar realm of spirit and toward still the attractive realm of matter. The path forward is the middle way, the narrow, the narrow razor-edge path 
the narrow path over stand that leads between the two great lines of force. It's a narrow path. While treading this path, the personality is increasingly exposed to the transforming light of the soul. Technically, the name of this stage of the journey is the path of discipleship. It follows the path of, of, the, of the aspiration, during which the seeker aspires to live by a spiritual life by transmuting lower forces into higher energies. What comes next is a conscious commitment to a life of self-discipline and active service in the world. Spiritual disciplines such as meditation, study, and service become habits of daily living. Gradually, as the soul gains control of the outer form, the, the, the disciple's life is transformed from within. Under the soul's influence, the personality begins to display spiritual qualities such as compassion, wisdom, that's when the wisdom is displayed, and inclusive love. The individual learns to stand in spiritual being, increasingly aligned with the higher self, conscious of the self's purpose for a given lifetime, and committed to fulfilling that purpose and service to the good. Committed to fulfilling your purpose and service and transfiguration. Now, during the first stage of the transformative journey, transmutation, it is the mind that plays the major role as the agent for lifting force into energy. In the second stage, transformation, a soul emerges into consciousness as an agent of purification gradually taking control of the threefold outer form. And the third and final stage, transfiguration, the spirit completes the process that began with the soul's awakening. At this point, the soul has unequivocally won the struggle to control the personality. Duality has been resolved into unity at a significantly higher turn. And the light of the soul now floods the purified and unified field, infusing the consecrated lesser self with spiritual energy, transforming it into an instrument of divine expression in the world. The soul-infused personality stands visibly transfigured before the world as a radiant being of light. A radiant being of light. Now this is what happens as your eyes open and you allow wisdom to become your way. Overstand. Transmutation is the final goal. Transmutation. We have to raise up our levels of discipline and take time for self and take time for the most high to reveal all that needs to be revealed and, and to allow the Most High to be a guide, allowing the guidance to really take hold and to follow it. You have the transmutation, the transformation, and the transfiguration. Now moving forward, we're going to go into the five spiritual faculties, which is the way of wisdom. 
Now, faith is called the seed. The first one is faith. It's the seed. And without it, a plant of spiritual life cannot start with at all. Without faith, one can, as a matter of fact, do nothing worthwhile at all. You have to have faith. Faith is important. And it requires the four factors. Intellectual. Volitional. Emotional. And social. Now the first part of faith is intellectual. Faith is an assent to doctrines which are not substantiated by immediately available direct factual evidence. I have never seen the Most High, but I have faith that the Most High is real. I have never seen Yeshua, but I have faith that Yeshua is real based on what I've read and what I've felt and what I've lived through. To be a matter of faith, a belief must go beyond the available evidence, and the believer must be willing and ready to fill up the gaps in the evidence with an attitude of patient and trusting acceptance. And the second part of faith is volition. Now, volitionally, faith implies a resolute and courageous act of will. A resolute and courageous act of will. It combines the steadfast resolution that one will do a thing with the self-confidence that one can do it. Understand? And emotionally, faith is an attitude of serene peacefulness, serenity, and lucidity. It's the opposite of worry. Because you have faith in the Most High and in the path and in the plan. Understand? And socially, and that is more difficult to understand, faith involves trust and confidence. Okay, now you can have that at home by yourself. But when you go out in the world and, you know, the things that are visible to you and the reactions that happen to you and what you encounter and having to have the wherewithal to push through in spite of you know, socially, the way your friends, your family, your loved ones, your community may be affected or look upon you. You still have to have that faith within all of that. So those are the factors that go into making faith. And like other spiritual qualities, faith is somewhat paradoxical in that in one sense it is a gift which one cannot obtain by merely wanting to. And in another sense, it's a virtue that can be cultivated. You can cultivate faith. And the next one is vigor. Next to faith is vigor. Okay, we have to be energetic. If one wants to achieve something, you have to have some energy to put forth and behind it. Without vigor, without strenuous effort, without perseverance, one obviously cannot make much progress. Okay, vigor, although, you know, it's, it's something that you have to just stand in. The fact that faith and vigor are virtues does not, however, imply that they are good all through and that regardless of the consequences, they should be strengthened at all times. Excess is to be depreciated, even in virtues. You have to have balance, right? Similarly, faith alone 
without wisdom can easily become something that's horrible. Wisdom alone can teach what is worth believing, right? But you have to have faith along with the wisdom as well. And mindfulness. Mindfulness. Whereas faith and vigor, when driven to excess, must be restrained by their counterpart, wisdom and tranquil concentration. The virtue of mindfulness mindfulness does not share this disability. Mindfulness should be strong everywhere, for it protects the mind from excitedness into which it might fall since faith and vigor and wisdom may excite us, and from indolence in which it might fall since concentration favors indolence. Therefore, mindfulness is desirable everywhere, like a seasoning of salt in all sauces, like a prime minister in in all state functions, okay? Mindfulness. Mindfulness and concentration are the two virtues which are concerned with the development of inward calm. And calmness is a superpower. I speak from truth. The principal enemies of spiritual quietude are the senses, the movement of the body, the passions, wants, desires, discursive thinking, they have the power to be the enemies when they are not subjected to any discipline. When the ego identifies itself with what takes place on the surface of the mind, participating heartily in it, and the illusion arises that these activities are my doings and my concerns and the sphere in which I live and I have my being. Right? When thus busy with worldly things, we have neither strength nor freedom. In order to conquer these enemies of spiritual quietude, we must withdraw the sense from their objects. As the tortoise draws in its limbs and keep watch on our muscular movements and cease wanting anything and disassociate all wants from the ego and cut off discursive thinking. Whenever you feel yourself starting to go negative, stop yourself, cut yourself off. Talk to yourself in your mind. Don't allow fear to take hold or worry to set in as worry is a sin. Overstand. Practice mindfulness. Practice it. And try to determine what is allowed to enter. Censor yourself. All that's to be seen is not for you to see. As it leaves a permanent imprint on the mind understand mindfulness so you know mindfulness is so important and concentration concentration continues the work of mindfulness it deepens our capacity to regain the peaceful calm of our inner nature but here we are forced at once to face the difficulty in its simplest form, concentration is the narrowing of the field of attention in a manner and for a time determined by the will. Okay, narrowing the field of attention in a manner and for a time determined by the will. The mind is made one-pointed. 
does not waver, does not scatter itself, and it becomes steady like the flame of a lamp in the absence of wind. Without a certain degree of one-pointedness, or as I like to call it, on-pointedness, okay, being on point, one-pointedness, no mental activity at all can take place. Each mental act lasts, strictly speaking, for a moment only, and is at once followed by another. The function of concentration is to provide some stability in this perpetual flux by enabling the mind to stand in or on the same object without distraction for more than one moment. You know, with my children, I've talked about that with them, about having stamina. Mental stamina is so important. Be able to sit down and focus on a project for one hour, two hours. Three hours makes the difference. It makes the difference. Concentrated effort, mental stamina. Mental stamina. The mind must be undistracted. Right, A mind of single intent is capable of doing what it does more effectively, be it good or bad. The higher degree of this kind of concentration owe much to the presence of the hunting instinct. And it can be best observed, you know, in nature. We have it in our nature too. You're hunting the answer. You're hunting the cure. You're hunting to be finished <laughs> with whatever it is that you're pursuing. Intellectual concentration is a quality which is ethically and spiritually neutral. Okay? Mental stamina is, 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 is an invaluable, invaluable tool. And wisdom, wisdom is based on concentration. Overstand the levels and the way it meanders back to what it is. Wisdom is based on concentration. One who is concentrated knows and sees what really is. And concentration is an indispensable precondition of wisdom. Okay, the answer lies in distinguishing three stages of wisdom according to whether it operates on the level of learning about what tradition has to say concerning, you know, the subject matter, discursive reflection on the basic facts, and meditational development. And so the three stages of wisdom, learning, discursive reflection, and meditational development, which all require concentration. And the third one, meditational development, requires that, that stamina that I spoke about. And so in learning, in learning you have to get a great deal of information that has been absorbed a great deal of sound learning acquired, okay? And the second stage after learning is reflection, which is an operation of the intellect. And what does wisdom meditate about? Wisdom may be held to concern itself with three possible topics. True reality, the meaning of life, and the conduct of life. Those are the things that need to be revealed so that delusion, folly, confusion, ignorance, and self-deception, which are the opposites of wisdom, 
can be dispelled. It is because ignorance and not sin is the root of evil that wisdom is regarded as the highest virtue. Ignorance is a sin, and wisdom is regarded as the highest virtue. Okay, but it cannot be gained by the path of knowledge alone. The paths of faith, of love, of works, each their own several laws. We have to take heed of these spiritual faculties and understand the differences and incorporate them into oneself and one's daily habit. You know, one has to have faith, which is the seed. And be able to walk in that faith out in the world and have volition, the courage to act on the faith, overstand. And vigor, you have to have that energy to bring forth something, to give it life and mindfulness. You know, you have to balance wisdom and tranquil concentration. Mindfulness is always present and has to be in order for things to go well. And concentration, right? Mental stamina. Build it up. If you don't use it, you'll lose it. You have to build it slow and steady until it can get strong, okay? And through all of that, then we come to wisdom, which is the learning, the reflection, the discursive reflection, right? Critical thinking there. Discursive reflection on the basic facts, and meditational development. Wisdom similarly assumes a duality between the surface and the depth of things. Objects are not what they appear to be. Their true reality, right? People are not what they appear to be and their true reality. We have to overstand and understand and understand as we stand in Yeshua's name. I'm going to take a music moment and come back with the go and gnosis. Blessings and grace.
moving down this lonely road I know I hope to find some kind of peace of mind Maybe a brand new day will sweep all this pain away
Blessings and grace. I'm back with the Go and Gnosis, your news infused with consciousness. We're going to start off at the NewYorkPost.com. Politically correct culture killed our school's father-daughter dance. Politically correct culture destroyed the school's father-daughter dance. A Staten Island elementary school scrapped its traditional father-daughter dance this coming Friday because of the Department of Education's new gender guidelines. The Department of Education has new gender guidelines. The DOE ordered schools to eliminate any gender-based practices like the dance in a March 2017 policy update unless they serve a clear educational purpose. The Department of Education ordered the schools to eliminate any gender-based practices unless they serve a clear educational purpose. A father-daughter dance does not, in the Department of Education's eyes, serve a clear educational purpose. The PS65 shindig set for February 9th was abruptly postponed until next month after the school's PTA realized that the dance would run afoul of the rules. Until we understand what we are legally permitted to do, we need to table this event. PTA President Tony Bennett wrote a private school parents group on Facebook. Some parents were hoping mad, were hopping mad at what they saw as political correctness intruding on a quaint tradition, now in its third year. They're trying to take away everything that everybody grew up on and has come to know, and I don't think it's fair or right, said Matthew West, 32-year-old father of two daughters at the school. They should leave it the way it was, father, daughter, mother, son. Of PC culture, he said, I hate it. People are just becoming too scared to talk. It's not fair at all, said Jose Garcia, 37, who's gone to the past two dances with his nine-year-old daughter. I have nothing against no one, but I don't think that it should affect the school or the kids for that matter. A disappointed Jolene said, they had a dance party. We got to wear dresses and hang out with our friends. All this gender crap needs to just stop, said mom, Akela Cameron, who added that her third grader had a great time with, 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 um, with um, her dad last year. Parents pointed out that PS65 has no gender inequality issues because of the Stapleton School had a mother-son bowling event last year. The school's PTA will stage, will stage a rescheduled dance for kids and caregivers of any gender on March 2nd. caregivers of any gender on March 2nd. So this is like fathers are not important educationally. The role of a father has no educational purpose. Principal Sophie Scamardella instructed the PTA to change the event to ensure all students and families were welcome to attend. Department of Education spokeswoman Miranda Bobot said, we have clear guidelines in place that require school-related events to be inclusive of all students, Bardot said. Still, while the PTA president was pointing out to gender policies, the principal announced in a confusing letter to, to befuddled parents on Wednesday that the dance was postponed because Bennett wanted to host at a bigger venue. The Department of Education has strict guidelines about how we present information, Scamardella wrote. They have a gender neutrality policy that must be adhered to at all times. Some parents have taken to Facebook to challenge this ruling. She added, but there is no challenge. There is no challenge. It is what it is, okay? The Department of Education 
new transgender and gender nonconforming student guidelines issued last March were behind the change and not any parental complaint, according to Bennett. Father-daughter dances inherently leave people out, not just because of transgender status, just life in general, said Jared Fox, the DOE's LGBT community liaison. See, this feels like the LGBT is trying to break up families and the family structure. That's how it comes across. I don't know if that's their purpose or their intent, but that's how it comes across. Definitely. These can be really uncomfortable and triggering events. So in order for the rest of the world to be uncomfortable, you have to be comfortable? That's what it sounds like. Everyone else must be disrupted for the comfort of this gender psychological issue, psychological emotional issue. But Fox said there is no Department of, of Education policy explicitly banning father-daughter dances. Events are reviewed on a case-by-case basis. I'm really hard-pressed to put a moratorium on anything, he said. So this LGBT liaison to the Department of Education has the ability to put a moratorium on something. That's interesting. I'm really hard-pressed to put a moratorium on anything. So he could just stop it. That's how much power that the LGBT community, LGBT community liaison has. Ironically, he added, for a young trans girl to be able to go to a father-daughter dance can feel very affirming because in this instance, she's recognized as a daughter. Schools are allowed to hold father-daughter dances, Fox said, as long as there's messaging that they're inclusive to everybody. While PS65 adheres to new gender-neutral guidelines, other schools don't. PS30, also in Staten Island, has already planned a pricey dance to celebrate your little girl and the father figure in her life, according to the flyer for the April 14th event. And tickets for couples cost $100. And PS232 in Lindenwood and Queens had a daddy-daughter dance on Thursday night, according to a school's calendar. And PS83 in the Bronx plans a father-daughter dance on June 6th as well. As May 19th, um, they're going to have a mother-son field day and a mother-daughter spa night. People are uncomfortable with change, Bennett said. It's a new policy, and let's face facts. There are many schools that that just ignore it. But this one in Staten Island chose not to. So all the ones listening, pay attention. Be a part of your school boards, your, your, um, your um, PTAs, so that you can see what's going on. They're eliminating gender. And this is real. It's not something just on television. It's real. It's affecting people's real lives. My husband used to fly to where his daughter lived growing up and go every year to the father-daughter dance. He'd rent a car. He'd get a hotel room. You know, he'd get a suit, buy her whatever kind of beautiful dress she wanted, and she loved it. They took professional photos every year that they went, and she looked forward to her father coming and taking her to that. And there's nothing wrong with that, you know? And we have to stop making traditional values wrong. Just because they're traditional doesn't mean they're wrong. Now, some of them are, but not all of them. The ones concerning family are sacred. I understand. And what caused the stock market to, pledge, to, um, to plunge on Monday? For those that don't know, the Dow Jones Industrial set a new record for the biggest intraday market plunge. The biggest intraday market plunge with a 1,500-point drop on Monday. 
the market just plunged 1,500 points. The stock market lost $4 trillion over six days, and the Dow wiped out all of its gains for the entire year. Every gain that was made was wiped out. The so-called FANG tech stocks, which is Amazon, Google, Netflix, and Apple, were among the hardest hit, losing over $90 billion in just a few hours on Monday. So what triggered the biggest stock market sell-off? Market analysis say uncertainty that the Fed will raise interest rates next month triggered a global market sell-off. Others say it's the ongoing chaos between President Trump and the, and the Democrats is contributing to market volatility. On Monday, President Trump continued his Twitter war with Democratic leaders, including Representative Adam, Adam, Adam Schiff from California, the top Democrat of the House Intelligence Committee, whom Trump referred to as little, Ma as little Adam Schiff on a Monday morning tweet. The Federal Reserve, a.k.a. the Fed, plans to raise interest rates at least twice this year. For those overstanding, they plan to raise interest rates at least twice this year. The first quarter point rate hike is expected to occur in the next Fed meeting in March. That, in addition to the, to the, to the chaos that's going on in Washington, D.C., may have caused fund managers and traders to move billions of dollars from equities, which are stocks, into, into the bond market, which is more stable and yields higher returns if the Fed raises interest rates. Market traders don't believe Monday's stock market plunge will cause the Fed to change its mind about raising interest rates in March, unless the bloodbath continues over the next few days. Kelly Picari, director of O'Neill Industries, tells CNBC that the Fed might be persuaded to hold off a rate hike in March if the market continues its current decline. Now, if this goes on for another three, four days, we're down 500, 800, 1,000 points maybe, yes, said Pocolari. Other analysts say stock market was long overdue for a big correction, and now is the best time to buy stocks at a fire sale price. A correction occurs when the stock market loses 10% of its overall value. A stock market crash begins when the market loses 20% of the value in a single day. Monday's stock market loss was 5%. 5%. On Friday, the Dow dropped 665 points on the news that President Trump it dropped 665 points on the news that President Trump authorized Devin Nunez of the House Intelligence Committee to release a declassified FBI memo. The memo detailed that the FBI and the Department of Justice use of a dossier reportedly paid for by Hillary Clinton to acquire a FISA warrant to, warrant to wiretap then-candidate Trump in 2016. The the whole drama continued on Monday evening when the House Intelligence Committee unanimously voted to release a Democratic rebuttal memo in response to the controversial GOP-FBI memo. The, the Democrats' rebuttal memo will respond point for point to the, GIP, to the GOP's allegations that the DOJ and the FBI conspired to spy on a political opponent, who was Trump. The demos... The Democrats' memo lands on Trump's desk this week. He can either sign off on the memo or refuse to declassify it and send it back to the committee. So this man is causing the stock market to drop. His decisions and tweets are affecting a global, international market. And he just seemingly does not give a damn.
Moving forward into Vox.com, the controversial Nunez memo is out, okay? And Nunez, people think that he's a stooge for Trump. He was asked in hearings if, um, you know, if um, Trump had anything to do or if he spoke to him about the memo. And Nunez himself is a lawyer, and he gave a very loyally response in which he stated that the president did not write the memo. He did not answer, and he refused to answer, actually, the question as to whether or not the memo was drafted with the president's, um, you know, knowing. And was the president helpful in the drafting of it? And was he a part of the information that was included in it? He refused to answer those questions. And moving forward on TampaBay.com, a judge strikes down Florida's system for restoring felons' voting rights. A judge strikes down Florida's system for restoring felons' voting rights. You know, that's a, that's a very deep issue, you know, that ones need to prey on and those with the ability to have change, make changes on. And that is, you know, all of these young men and women who get incarcerated and are then categorized as felons have no voting rights when they come out. None. They have no say-so in who are their local representatives or their state or national or even presidential representatives. Okay, so the state of Florida routinely violates the constitutional rights of its citizens by its system of restoring or denying voting rights for anyone convicted of a felony, a federal judge ruled Thursday. U.S. District Judge Mark Walker said that Florida's scheme, he called it a scheme, of restoring voting rights unfairly relies on the personal support of the governor for citizens to regain the right to vote. In a strongly worded ruling, he called the state's defense of voter disenfranchisement nonsensical nonsensical, a withering criticism of Governor Rick Scott, the lead defendant in the case. Florida strips the right to vote from every man and woman who commits a felony, Walker wrote. The vote again disenfranchised citizens must kowtow before a panel of high-level government officials over which Florida's governor has absolute veto authority. No standard guide no standards guide the panel. Its members alone must be satisfied that these citizens deserve restoration. The question now is whether such a system passes constitutional muster or not. I was happy with the fact that they even had a system of restoring someone's voting rights. And so he's saying that the way that the panel's set up doesn't like the guidelines, so he's striking down the whole system. Walker wrote, if any one of these citizens wishes to earn back their fundamental right to vote, they must plod through a gauntlet of constitutional infirm hurdles no more. When the risk of state-sanctioned viewpoint discrimination skulks near the franchise, it is the province and duty of this court to exercise such potential bias from infecting the clemency process. The judge condemned a system that he said gives unfettered discretion to four partisan politicians and cited as proof a comment Scott made at one hearing when he said, we can do whatever we want. The discretion of the clemency board over the restoration of felons' rights in Florida has been in place for decades and overseen by multiple governors, said the statement attributed to Scott's communications director, John Tufts. The process is outlined in Florida's constitution, and today's ruling departs from precedent set by the U.S. Supreme Court.
The decision is far is by far the greatest legal setback for Scott, a two-term Republican governor who's expected to run for U.S. Senate. Scott was the principal architect of the current system that requires all felons to wait at least five years after they complete their sentences, serve probation, and pay all restitution to apply for the right to vote and other civil rights. Scott and the cabinet meeting as a clemency board considers cases four times a year, and usually fewer than a hundred cases each time. It can take a decade or longer for a case to be heard, and at the present, the state has backlog for more than 10,000 cases. Now, I agree that the 10,000 case backlog is wrong, and that they need to have guidelines in, in, in place, but the judge could have ordered he could have ordered the guidelines to be put in place by a certain date that was satisfactory to the court. Overstand that. As he can do whatever he wants, right? But instead of ordering them to fix the system, he banished the system. You know, all of this rhetoric and run around. God bless those that are trying to get their rights back in Yeshua's name. And on CBSnews.com, Fidel Castro Diaz Balot, the eldest son of the late Cuban leader, Fidel Castro, dead in an apparent suicide. Fidel Castro Diaz Balot, the eldest son of late Cuban revolutionary leader, Fidel Castro, is dead after an apparent suicide, according to the Cuban state-run media Thursday. The 68-year-old was reportedly being treated for months for depression. CBS News senior foreign affairs correspondent Margaret Brennan reports that the Cuban embassy sent an alert about the news. Diaz Barlot, who had been attended by a group of doctors for several months due to his state of profound depression, committed suicide this morning, according to the Cuba debate website. The Reuters News Agency writes that Fidelito, his nickname because of his distinctive beard and his striking resemblance to his father, Fidel Castro, had been hospitalized for depression and then received treatment outside of the hospital. A brief note read on the state television said that his treatment had required a hospitalization regime, then outpatient follow-up, according to the Associated Press. Castro Diaz-Bailart, whose mother was Myrta Diaz-Bailart, had served as a scientific advisor to the Council of State and was vice president of the Cuban Academy of Sciences. Bless his family, as I know and can imagine they are distraught. Bless his family. And San Francisco is wiping out thousands of marijuana convictions dating back to 1975. 1975. Now that recreational marijuana is legal in California, San Francisco is leading by example and throwing out thousands of marijuana convictions. This means the city is erasing decades of past criminal records. According to the San Francisco Chronicle, the new move will affect thousands of residents whom, whose marijuana convictions have hurt chances of finding jobs and obtaining some government benefits. District Attorney Judge George Gasson said his office will dismiss and seal more than 3,000 misdemeanor marijuana convictions in San Francisco dating back to 1975. Prosecutors will also review and, if necessary, resentence 4,940 felony marijuana cases. Instead of waiting for people to petition the community to come out, 
we have decided that we will do ourselves, Gascon said. We believe it's the right thing to do. We believe it's the just thing to do. Praise the Most High for the right and just thing and those in power to make it so. As we previously reported, California's Proposition 64 legalized recreational use of marijuana for people 21 and older back in November 2017. Now that's what government should be about. Proactive righteousness and justice. In Yeshua's name. And Baltimore cops carry toy guns in case they find themselves in a jam. Can you imagine? The police, the, the Baltimore Police Department has been getting side eyes all around town for their inappropriate and quite shocking behavior. The department is currently in court dealing with one of the craziest scandals that our country has seen, leaving many wondering, who can you really trust out there? According to the Baltimore Sun, these officers have been out of control. They robbed a drug dealer of $6,500 at a routine traffic stop and then and then went to his house without a warrant and took an additional $100,000 out of his safe. Apparently, Sergeant Wayne Jenkins would ask suspected dealers, if you could put together a crew of guys and rob the biggest drug dealer in town, who would it be? Officer Jenkins also assumed that young men carrying backpacks were selling drugs and people who drove Honda Accords with tinted windows. It wasn't, if that wasn't bad, okay, they were plotting on regular citizens. They were out here plotting on regular citizens. The Maurice Ward had a method of driving fast at large groups of people and they would slam on the brakes and chase whoever ran. Can you imagine? This police officer, he would drive fast at large groups of people and then would slam on the brakes and chase whoever ran. The craziest one of them all was another revelation that the supervisor of the unit told officers to carry a fake toy gun in case they ever ended up in a situation where they needed to plant one. The supervisor. And meanwhile, you know, I believe Freddie, Freddie Gray, that happened in Baltimore, and those cops got away with murder. And now afterwards, we find out all of this craziness about the same police department that the supervisor of the unit told officers to carry fake toy guns in case they ever ended up in a situation where they needed to plant one. When law enforcement officials arrested one of the officers, Marcus Taylor, they couldn't come to terms about why he had a fake gun in his glove compartment. Surprisingly, six out of the eight officers indicted have agreed to cooperate with federal law enforcement agents and are testifying in open court, according to The Root. So hopefully, and pray ones, that all of the bad officers statewide are rooted out like these ones have been. And hopefully justice, you know, will prevail. And these police officers will be behind bars for all the horrible infractions of justice that they have pervaded. And some interesting news. China announces a ban on hip-hop culture and tattoos. China has announced that hip-hop culture, along with anyone who has had tattoos or has no class, <laughs> is banned from its media outlets. Anyone that has tattoos or has no class is banned from its media outlets. The crackdown comes after the media had a huge falling out with the rapper PG1. He was engulfed in a scandal involving 
involving a married celebrity, and through his music, the rapper was labeled as misogynistic and sexist. PG-1 was also accused of heavily criticized for promoting drugs with lyrics such as white powder walking on the board. The State Administration of Press, Publication, Radio, Film, and Television of the People's Republic of China is China's largest media regulator and controls almost all of what citizens can and cannot see. Since they do not wish to associate the country with sexism or drug use, they have implemented rules which specifically requires that programs should not feature actors with tattoos or depict hip-hop culture, subculture, non-mainstreams culture, and disprint culture, decadent culture, dispirited culture, a Chinese news outlet reports. GAO Shangali is the director of Sarah Pitt's publicity department and outlined the following four rules for all media outlets. Absolutely do not use actors whose heart and morality are not in aligned with the party and whose morality is not noble. How can you judge if someone's noble? Absolutely do not use actors who are tasteless, vulgar, and obscene. Absolutely do not use actors whose ideological level is low and have no class. Absolutely do not use actors with stains, scandals, and problematic moral integrity. Chinese rapper Al Rocco believes that this crackdown is all a part of pushing the culture forward as China tries to cling to old values. The government doesn't understand the culture yet, so they're scared, he tells the BBC. We have a different system here, and it's just evolving now, he added. They've always asked to check my lyrics, but it's gotten much tighter, says Al Rocco. This is reminiscent of the late 80s and early 90s when N.W.A. was criticized for their gangster rap, which ultimately gave birth to a new hip-hop era. This is on the bbc.co.uk. So hip-hop, culture, and tattoos are now banned in China. And also, last but not least, blackwomeninpolitics.com. Blackwomeninpolitics.com is a website of all the black women running for office in America. There's a listing of all the candidates. You can browse candidate by state and search for candidates by name. You can even submit a candidate who isn't already in the database. This is a way for ones to give support, donations, um, to all of the black women around the country, around the United States, that are running for some sort of office, okay? There are black women running for, for political office all over the United States, and we need to know who they are. And it's, in bold, it's, it's just abundantly clear that we need to start following the lead of black women because we show up. That's one thing we do. We show up and do what is important. Even when we are being disenfranchised and sabotaged from doing the work, we show up. And 2018 is especially important because midterm elections are coming up and we need all the information we can get. Okay, so this website, blackwomeninpolitics.com, go to it, check it out by state, see who in your state is running, who you can support, who you can send a donation to for their candidacy, who supports your values, because everyone that's our skin is not our kin. That's real, you know. But if you see someone that you can support, stand behind them, even from two, three states away. 
Okay, because we need to make changes and they're not going to happen by themselves. We have to push it forward, right? Push it forward in Yeshua's name. We're going to take a music moment and come back with technology. Blessings and grace. your boxes, I'll get out. You can't hold me in these chains, I'll get out. Father, free me from this bondage, knowing my condition is the reason I must change. Your stinking resolution is no type of solution. Preventing me from freedom, maintaining your pollution. I won't support your lie no more. I won't even try no more If I have to die, oh Lord That's how I choose to live I won't be compromised no more I can't be victimized no more I just don't sympathize no more Cause now I understand You just wanna use me You say love then abuse me You never thought you'd lose me But how quickly we forget Nothing is for certain You thought I'd stay here hurting Your guilt trip's just not working Repressing me to death Cause now I'm choosing life, yo I'll take the sacrifice, yo If everything must go, then go That's how I choose to live No more compromises I see past your disguises Blinding through you through mind control Stealing my eternal soul Appealing through material to keep me as a slave, but I'll get out. Oh, I'll get out of all your boxes, I'll get out. Oh, you can't hold me in these chains, I'll get out. Oh, I want out of social bondage, knowing my condition. Oh, is the reason I must change? See, what you see is what you get. Oh, and you ain't seen nothing yet. If you're upset, I could care less if you're upset. So you don't change the truth, and your hurt feelings no excuse to keep me in this box. Psychological locks, repressing true expression, cementing this repression, promoting mass deception so that no one can be healed. I don't respect your system. I won't protect your system When you talk, I don't listen Oh, let him, my father's will be done And just get out Oh, just get out of all this bondage Just get out Oh, you can't hold me in these chains Just get out Oh, these traditions killing freedom Knowing my condition is the reason I must change I just accepted what you said me among the dead the only way to know is to walk the learn and grow but faith is not your speed or you'd have everyone believe that you're the sole authority just follow the majority afraid to face reality the system is a joke or you'd be smart to save your soul oh and escape this mind control you spend your life in sacrifice to a system for the dead. 
sure it's God you're serving Obligated to a system Getting less than you're deserving Who made up these schools, I say Who made up these rules, I say Animal conditioning Or just to keep us as a slave Or just get out Of this social purgatory Just get out Of these traditions are a lie Just get out Superstition killing freedom Knowing my condition Is the reason I must die Just get out Just get out Just get out Let's get out Yeah. 
Blessings and Grace, and I'm back with technology. Starting off at CNET.com, Ford Motor Company aims to patent an autonomous police car that can ticket you. If there is one patent I hope an automaker shelves for the remainder of human existence, it's Ford's patent for an autonomous police car. Ford applied for a patent, which was only recently published, for an autonomous system with a, with a police car that can either act on its own, the police car can either act on its own or alongside a traditional human officer, the robot cop. But not robo, not robocop, but robot cop can determine when a violation has occurred on the road and it can take various actions. It can refer the case to local speed cameras for another connected sensor for corroborating evidence. It can also begin a pursuit if the vehicle in question or if something simple like a warning or a speeding ticket. It can just wirelessly communicate the violation directly to the offending vehicle, which can respond with an image of the driver's license to ensure the ticket reaches the right person. Sounds awful, right? You're not crazy for saying yes. It's horrifying. Hopefully the AI in the car is programmed to be on the lenient side. Good luck trying to cry your way out of a ticket when you're, try when you're crying in the direction of millions of lines of code. Now, before you start digging out your backyard to build an AI-proof bunker that you'll live in forever, there are a few things that you'll need to be noted. Primarily, a patent does not guarantee future technology. Ford could have patented the idea just to prevent anyone else from doing it. Applying for all sorts of patents is not out of the ordinary for an automaker. There is also a matter of automated ticketing red light cameras and speed cameras that have come under fire in recent years for doing police work without a police officer present. While it's true that cops can't be everywhere all the time and thus crimes will slip through the cracks, these cases show that the public is already wary of automated policing before super AIs and self-driving cars were even part of the discussion, and they still aren't really. Nevertheless, it's intriguing to see how the industry views the role of policing as we move toward autonomous vehicles. As Ford's patent application points out, autonomous vehicles might be incapable of breaking the law, but if there's a human driver mode, there's still a need to watch over the roads. So Ford applied for an autonomous police car that has a robot cop. And moving forward um, on to Psy.org, NIST superconducting synapse may be the missing piece for artificial brains. Researchers at the National Institute of Standards and Technology, NIST, have built a superconducting switch that learns like a biological system and could connect processors and store memories in future computers operating like the human brain. The, NI, the NIST switch described in Science Advances is called a synapse. It's called a synapse, like ours, like its biological counterpart, and it supplies a missing piece for so-called neuromorphic computers, envisioned as a new type of artificial intelligence. It's a new type of artificial intelligence. Such computers could boost perception and decision-making 
for applications such as self-driving cars and cancer diagnosis. A synapse is the connection or switch between two brain cells. NIST's artificial synapse, a squat metallic cylinder 10 micrometers in diameter, is like the real thing because it can process incoming electrical spikes to customize spiking output signals. This processing is based on flexible internal design that can be tuned by experience. The internal design can be tuned by experiences or its environment. The more firing between cells or processors, the stronger the connection. Both are real, and artificial synapses can thus maintain old circuits and create new ones. Artificial synapses can thus maintain old circuits and create new ones. Even better than the real thing, the NIST synapse can fire much faster than the human brain, 1 billion times per second, compared to a brain cell's 50 times per second, using just a whiff of energy, about one-tenth thousandth as much as a human synapse. In technical terms, the spiking energy is less than one attajole lower than the background energy at room temperature, and on par with the chemical energy bonding two atoms in a molecule. The, NSIT, the NIST synapse has lower energy needs than the human synapse, and we don't know of any other artificial synapse that uses less energy. NIST's physicist Mike Schneider said the new synapse would be used in neuromorphic computers made of superconducting components which can transmit electricity without resistance and therefore would be more efficient than other designs based on semiconductors or software. Data would be transmitted, processed, and stored in units of magnetic flux. Superconducting devices, mimicking brain cells, and transmission lines have been developed, but until now, efficient synapses, a crucial piece, have been missing. The brain is especially powerful for tasks like context recognition because it processes data in both sequence and simultaneously and stores memories in synapses all over the system. A conventional computer processes data only in sequence and stores memory in a separate unit. The NIST synapse is a Josephson junction. Is a Josephson junction long used in NIST voltage standards. These junctions are a sandwich of superconducting materials with an insulator as a filling. And when an electrical current through the junction exceeds a level called the critical current, voltage spikes are produced. And the synapse uses standard nibium electrodes, but has a unique filling made of nanoscale clusters of manganese and silicone matrix. The nanoclusters, about 20,000 per square micrometer, act like a tiny bar magnet with spins that can be oriented either randomly or in a coordinated manner. These are customized Joseph, Josephson junctions, Snyder said. We can control the number of nanoclusters pointing in the same direction, which, which affects the superconducting properties of the junction. The synapse rests on the superconducting state, except when it's activated, activated by incoming current and starts producing voltage spikes. Researchers apply current pulses in the magnetic field to boost the magnetic ordering. That is, the number of nanoclusters pointing in the same direction. This magnetic field progressively reduces the critical current level, making it easier to create a normal conductor and produce voltage spikes.
So they have a synapse and synapse behavior that mimics the brain of humans and the synaptic connections that our brain makes on a regular basis. Now moving forward to the weburbanist.com, weburbanist.com, self-healing infrastructure, eco-friendly fungus grows to fill concrete cracks. Concrete problems tend to start small with micro cracks expanding and exposing rebar to corrosive water, oxygen, carbon carbon dioxide, and chlorides that comprise structural integrity. But what if those cracks could be caught early before they spread then filled automatically by a dormant fungus. Kungrul Jin has been working on the problem for years and recently published Interactions of Fungi with Concrete, Significant Importance for Bio-Based Self-Healing, Self-Healing Concrete, in in an academic journal, Construction and Building Materials. This idea was originally inspired by the miraculous ability of the human body to heal itself of cuts, bruises, and broken bones, said Jen, of her work. For the damaged skin and tissues, the host will take a nutrient that can produce new substitutes to heal the damaged parts. Like an immune system, the idea here is to put the ingredients in place throughout a structure by adding fungi and nutrients to concrete as it is mixed. So they add the fungi and nutrients to the concrete as it is mixed, and Jen's research represents the first application of fungi for self-healing concrete, a low-cost, pollution-free, and sustainable approach. She and her colleagues have experimented and found trichodermia, resi, to have the right combination of properties for their purposes. From there, the fungal spores, together with nutrients, will be placed into the concrete matrix during the, mix- during the mixing process, explains Jen. When cracking occurs, water and oxygen will find their way in. With enough water and oxygen, the dormant fungal spores will germinate, grow, and precipitate calcium carbonate to heal the cracks. Then when the cracks are filled, the fungi form new spores that lie in wait for the next future issues to arise. This would stop so many potholes, (laughs) especially in the eastern part of the country or the places where they have snow that sits on the ground and the salt that eats at the concrete, especially in the New York area. They're always redoing some roads that after um, a long winter of salting and roads being used over and over again and all the different pressures from the amount of cars in the area, you end up with potholes and cracks and holes in the street. So this new technology would allow the concrete to heal itself. Look at that. And on businessinsider.com, companies like Amazon and Starbucks want to kill cash. Companies like Amazon and Starbucks want to kill cash, and it could be a huge blow to the most vulnerable Americans. Companies like Starbucks and Amazon are testing stores that do not accept cash. Going cashless can provide key advantages for retailers, such as boosting efficiency and preventing robberies. However, for the 7% of Americans without a bank account, a cashless society would mean complete exclusion. The U.S. could be on its way 
to a cash-free economy. And while going cashless has some distinct upsides in the tech-obsessed world of retail, it could be a dangerous development for some of the country's most vulnerable people. This week, Amazon finally opened the doors of its futuristic grocery store, Amazon Go, in Seattle. The cash-free store allows customers to simply walk out without paying at a cash register, with the proper money simply being charged to the Amazon account. Amazon isn't the only company experimenting with cashless. The popular salad chain, Sweetgreen, announced it was going completely cash-free in late 2016, and Starbucks recently opened a cashless store in Seattle as well. Mobile payment in the U.S. has grown over 30% of total tender. Starbucks CEO Kevin Johnson said in a call with investors on Thursday, The ubiquity of mobile and credit card payment is enabling us to begin an exploration of cashless stores in the U.S. Maya Mikhailov of CMO of retail app developers GPS Shopper, told Business Insider that quick-service restaurants and other chains such as Sweet Greens and Starbucks are set to lead the way in the revolution against cash. Going cashless can speed up services, dissuade theft, and allow companies to gather more information on shoppers by linking them to digital loyalty programs. And allow companies to gather more information, like they don't have enough already, to gather more information on shoppers by linking them to digital loyalty programs. Roughly 75% of respondents in an online poll conducted by Civic Science in January said that a restaurant going cashless would either not impact how often they visited or convince them to visit more. Only 15% said that they would stop going to the restaurant if it no longer accepted cash. However, Part of that 15% is a portion of Americans who simply can't shop somewhere if it stops accepting cash. As of 2015, 7% of Americans were unbanked or did not have a bank account at all. That's roughly 22 million people that companies that go cashless completely exclude as customers. Most people who don't have bank accounts don't do so by choice. It's because they lack the funds to do so, resulting in a vicious cycle in which not having a bank account has consequences, such as not being able to build credit and that result in making life more expensive. The implications what going cashless could mean for the poor is emerging as an international conundrum, as the movement against cash catches on across the globe. So there's a movement against cash happening across across the world and apparently Amazon and Starbucks are the leaders of this movement. And on the economic times dot indiatimes.com economic times dot indiatimes.com this technology can shape the future of electronics design. Researchers have found a way of enhancing the capabilities of an emerging nanotechnology that could open the door to a new generation of electronics. In a study published in the journal Scientific Reports, researchers show how they have pushed the memristor, a simpler and smaller alternative to the transistor, the memristor, with the capability of altering its resistance and storing multiple memory states to a new level of performance after experimenting with its component materials. This is really an exciting discovery with potentially enormous implications for modern electronics. By 2020, 
They're expected to be more than 200 billion interconnected devices with the Internet of Things framework. This will generate an incredible amount of data that will need processing, said Themis, said Themis professor of, at the University of Southampton. According to the researchers, memristors could hold the key to a new era in electronics, being both smaller and simpler in form than transistors, low energy, and with the ability to retain data by remembering the amount of charge that is passed through them, potentially resulting in computers that can switch on and off instantly and never forget. Resulting potentially in computers that can switch on and off instantly and never forget. Researchers demonstrated a new memristor technology that can store up to 128 discernible memory states per switch. 128 discernible memory states per switch, almost four times more than previously reported. In a study, they described how they reached this level of performance by evaluating several configurations of functional oxide materials and the core component that gives the memristor its ability to alter its resistance. Memristors are a key enabling technology for next generation chips, which need to be highly reconfigurable, yet affordable, scalable, and energy efficient, the research said. So the new nanotechnology are memristors taking the place of transistors. And on silicon.co.uk, silicon.co.uk, AI to be taught to school kids thanks to Deep Learning Kit. United Kingdom teenagers are to be taught about artificial intelligence with the launch of a new Deep Learning Teaching Kit. A number of big-name tech firms have teamed up for a new initiative that seeks to teach and demystify artificial intelligence for British teenagers. The firms in question are NVIDIA, Amazon Web Services, as well as Scan Computers. All have partnered with Beverly Clark, a computer at school master teacher, in order to, in order to develop the Deep Learning Teaching Kit. The Deep Learning Teaching Kit will help students and teachers and they'll learn about AI terminology and concepts. It will also allow them to investigate real-world applications for the technology and consider the future of AI. The students will also design, test, and evaluate their own neural network capable of image recognition thanks to the support of AWS, which will provide free cloud-based GPU instances to, to participating teachers. AI is already part of our everyday lives, and by the time today's 13-year-olds are entering the workforce, it will have a significant impact on the kind of jobs available to them, said Beverly Clark, the project leader. The World Economic Forum estimates that by 2025, 90% of the jobs, 90, by 2025, 90% of the jobs will require digital skills and that 65% of children entering primary school today will work in jobs that don't currently exist. 65% of children entering primary school today will work in jobs that don't currently exist, said Clark. It is critical that we introduce pupils to core AI concepts so that they're equipped to thrive in this environment. The AI teaching kit has been developed in accordance with the requirements of key stage three of the national curriculum in England. 
So the British government is preparing their students by having a deep learning kit where they'll be learning about AI and they'll be able to build their own neural networks. We're going to take a music moment and come back with Herbnology. Blessings and grace. Straight to the top. Hey, yo. Top of the yo. Yo, yo, me a soldier in the street. Nothing less. Yo, me come with an army pocketing in your best. City people are hungry in the street. They must listen. But nevertheless, once Babylon them shut down. Me a soldier in the street. Nothing less. Yo, me come with an army pocketing in your best. City people are hungry in the street. They must listen. But nevertheless, once Babylon them shut down. See the people in the corner, see them dying and them cracking out Every day another baby's in a shootout Mama crying cause she knows she not gonna get him back Another life gone, tell me where we going So put down the gun, them hold it down Stop poisoning our children, don't stand around Yo, look to the future, where we going now Yo, we need some soldiers so someone can hold Yo, me a soldier in the street and nothing less Yo, me come winning, uh uh-uh, me pocketing in a vest See the people are hungry in the street, they must listen But nevertheless, what's Babylon, them shut down Yo, me a soldier in the street and nothing less Yo, me come winning, uh uh-uh, me pocketing in a vest See the people are hungry in the street, they must listen But nevertheless, what's yeah. Babylon, them shut down I see all them try befriending me See them at the enemy Got the stepping on my face, the shackling at the legacy Watch the gun, them boss, I see a creep around your town You're never around, I see you missing, never found People are hungry in the streets right now People them struggling at the streets around town Tell me your soldier wants to taste them shut down Don't ever give up, you have to stay locked down Young me a soldier in the street and nothing less Young me come winning, uh-uh, me pocketing in your best See the people are hungry in the street, they must listen But nevertheless, what's Babylon, them shut down Young me a soldier in the street and nothing less Young me come winning, uh-uh, me pocketing in your best See the people are hungry in the street, they must listen But nevertheless, what's Babylon, them shut down This is for my soldiers My soldiers, my soldiers Alright, yeah
your vision bright, manifest it right, radiate light, ignite, pursue peace, learn and teach, listen and preach, apples and a peach, keep the fruit, I the power from the source. On the dollar and the dream Until the body lets down on you You say the kids is hard to chew So you'd rather eat your junk food Stagnant frequency inside the temple Now it's affecting your mental State of mind 
asparagus, parsley, cucumber, carrot. Don't forget the collard greens, basil, oregano. You know I love my avocado. I'm in love with the cocoa, coconut. Daylight comes, told me I go pick a bunch of green banana. Boil it in a stew. So you know I gotta add some callaloo. Eat your greens. Blessings and grace. I'm back with Herbnology. Tonight we're going to focus on the cantaloupe, also known as the muskmelon. It is grown widely in California as well as throughout Europe, although the original source of cantaloupe was actually in Africa, Iran, and India. The North American variety is actually closely related to muskmelon, but it has adopted the European name of cantaloupe for all intents and purposes. Now, cantaloupe is rich in many nutrients that provide various health benefits. It contains carbohydrates, protein, water. The vitamins in cantaloupe include vitamin A, vitamin B1, B2, B6, and B9. Remember, the B vitamins are the brain vitamins, and vitamin C and vitamin K. The mineral wealth in this fruit includes potassium, calcium, iron, magnesium, phosphorus, and zinc. And zinc also helps to shorten the duration of colds and flus. So cantaloupe, the health benefits are it improves vision. The vitamin C and the carotenoids present in cantaloupe are beneficial for maintaining eye health. And they are also associated with a reduced risk of cataracts and muscular degeneration. Cantaloupe aids in the prevention of cancer and the eradication of free radicals, the harmful byproducts of cell metabolism that lead to a number of dangerous conditions. Cantaloupe is a rich source of beta-carotene, an essential carotenoid that the body requires. It's not only a precursor to vitamin A, um, but it's also shown to act as a powerful antioxidant, and it's been linked to reduce the chances of different types of cancers. And it boosts the immunity. Cantaloupe provides vitamin C, beta carotene, and phytochemicals that work against free radicals. Vitamin C scavenges disease-causing free radicals and acts as an important line of defense for a healthy immune system. And it also stimulates the production of white blood cells, which seek out and destroy dangerous bacteria, viruses and other toxic substances or foreign bodies that have that may have found their way into our bloodstream and skin care cantaloupe contain dietary beta carotene that ensures no overdose or vitamin A toxicity because the body only converts as much as it needs. Unlike supplements, the rest remains as beta-carotene to fight diseases as antioxidants, and the amount that turns into vitamin A enters the skin and stimulates the membrane of skin cells and increases growth and repair. This protects the skin membrane against harmful toxins that prematurely age the skin. Leave stress and anxiety. Potassium is one of the essential nutrients found in cantaloupes, and it's been connected to being a vasodilator, which means that it relaxes the blood vessels and reduces blood pressure. 
Elevated levels of blood pressure can act as a stressor on the body and can even induce the release of stress hormones like cortisol. Potassium also increases the flow of blood and oxygen to the brain, which induces a calming sensation and a more relaxed attitude. Plus, reducing the presence of stress hormones in the body can reduce symptoms of anxiety. It controls diabetes. Early research shows that cantaloupe is connected with improved insulin metabolism, which means more stable fluctuation of blood sugar, preventing the dangerous spikes and plunges of blood sugar that all diabetics fear. It has also been shown to reduce oxidative stress on the kidneys, which can further prevent a number of kidney-related diseases. And it treats arthritis. The phytochemicals that we spoke about earlier also have anti-inflammatory qualities qualities. That means that having cantaloupe in your diet can help prevent oxidative stress on your joints and bones, thereby reducing inflammation. Chronic inflammation of these vital areas can lead to conditions like arthritis, so make sure to add plenty of cantaloupes to your diet if you're feeling creaky around the joints. And it aids in digestion. Cantaloupes have a high amount of dietary fiber, which is an essential component of healthy bowel movements and digestive health. Eating a proper amount of dietary fiber can bulk up your stool, reduce constipation, and make your bowel movements more regular. So by ensuring a smooth flow through your digestive tract and colon, you can reduce your risk of colorectal cancer and other dangerous gastrointestinal conditions. We have to look to the nature of the Most High for our healings, and there's a blessing there in cantaloupe. We're going to take a music moment and come back with the metaphysics of the moment. Blessings and grace. Standing at the crossroad I get to your left And one to your right to salvation and why is the gate that leads to destruction
destruction For narrow is the way that leads to salvation Setting of the sun. 
It is time you open up that metaphysical grave that had been dug for you, the part of you, the spark that lays buried. That is what's going to open you up. That's what's going to give you the ability to escape. Escape your metaphysical mind. 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 Blessings and grace, and welcome to the metaphysics of the moment. Now, the metaphysical meaning of wisdom, wisdom, intuitive knowing, spiritual intuition, the voice of God within as the source of our understanding, mental action based on the Christ truth within. Wisdom includes judgment, discrimination, intuition, and all the departments of the mind that come under the head of knowing. This knowing capacity transcends intellectual knowledge. Spiritual discernment always places wisdom above other faculties of the mind and reveals that knowledge and intelligence are auxiliary to understanding. Wisdom and divine understanding. These attributes come from the spirit of Christ within us. The price that we must pay for the conscious attainment of divine wisdom and understanding is the letting go of the personal self with its limited beliefs. Paul saw the Christ waiting at the door of every soul when he wrote, Awake, thou that sleepest, arise from the dead, and Christ shall shine upon thee. Ephesians 5.17 and the metaphysical meaning of intuition. Intuition is the natural knowing capacity, inner knowing, the immediate apprehension of spiritual truth without resort to intellectual means. This is the wisdom of the heart. It is very much surer in guidance than the head. When one trusts spirit and looks to it for understanding, a certain confidence in the invisible good develops. This faith awakens the so-called sixth sense, intuition, or divine knowing. Through the power of intuition, man has direct access to all knowledge and the wisdom of God. Through the power of intuition, man has direct access to all knowledge and the wisdom of the Most High. And the metaphysical meaning of Shemitah, Shemitah, Upright sight, upright sight, righteousness, perception, brilliant discernment, renowned knowledge, splendor of wisdom, the splendor of wisdom, the comprehension of the name, comprehension of the name, the son of Gilead of the tribe of Manas of Manasseh and Joshua seventeen two. Metaphysically, spiritual understanding, discernment, a perceiving, a knowing attitude of thought, true knowledge and wisdom, upright sight and righteous perception, brilliant discernment, renowned knowledge, the splendor of wisdom, and the comprehension of the name. Overstand, you have to know the name. Know the name. And now we're going to go forward into the Nag Hammadi, more specifically the gospel of truth, a portion of it. Oh, such great teachings. He abases himself even unto death, though he is clothed in eternal life. 
Having divested himself of these perishable rags, he clothed himself in incorruptibility, which no one could possibly take from him. Having entered into the empty territory of fears, he passed before those who were stripped by forgetfulness, being both knowledge and perfection, proclaiming the things that are in the heart of the Father, so that he became the wisdom of those who have received instruction. But those who are taught, the living who are inscribed in the book of the living, learn for themselves, receiving instructions from the Father, turning to him again. Since the perfection of the all is in the Father, it is necessary for the all to ascend to him. Therefore, if one has knowledge, he gets what belongs to him. Therefore, if one has knowledge, he gets what belongs to him and draws it to himself. For he who is ignorant is deficient, and it is a great deficiency, since he lacks that which will make him perfect. Since the perfection of the all is in the Father, it is necessary for the all to ascend to him, and for each one to get the things which are his, having registered them first, having prepared them to be given to those who came from him. Those whose name he knew were called last. Those whose name he knew were called last, so that the one who has knowledge is he whose name the Father has pronounced. One who has knowledge is he whose name the Father has pronounced, for he whose name has not been spoken is ignorant. You gotta comprehend the name, overstand. Indeed, how shall one hear if his name has not been uttered? For he who remains ignorant until the end is a creature of forgetfulness and will perish with it. If this is not so, why have these wretcheds no name? Why do they have no sound? Hence, if one has knowledge, he is from above. If he is called, he hears, he replies, and he turns toward him who called him. And he ascends to him, and he knows what he is called. He knows what he is called. Since he has knowledge, he does the will of him who called him. He desires to please him and finds rest. He receives a certain name. You receive a certain name. When you have knowledge, you are called by the Most High. He who thus is going to have knowledge knows whence he came and whether he is going. He knows it as a person who, having become intoxicated, has turned from his drunkenness and having come into himself, has restored what is his own. He has turned many from error. He went before them to their own places from which they departed when they erred because of the depth of him who surrounds every place, whereas there is nothing which surrounds him. It was a great wonder that they were in the Father without knowing him and that they were able to leave on their own, since they were not able to contain him and know him in whom they were. For indeed his will had not come forth from him, for he revealed it as a knowledge. For he revealed it as a knowledge, with which all its emanations agree, namely the knowledge of the living book 
which he revealed to the aeons at last as his letters, displaying to them that these are not merely vowels nor consonants, so that they may read them and think of something void of meaning. On the contrary, they are letters which convey the truth. They are pronounced only when they are known. Each letter is a perfect truth like a perfect book. For they are letters written by the hand of unity, since the Father wrote them for the aeons, so that by they, by means of his letters, might come to know the Father. While his wisdom meditates on the Logos, and since his teaching expresses it, his knowledge has been revealed. His honor is a crown upon it. Since his joy agrees with it, his glory exalted it. It has revealed his image. It has obtained its rest. His love took bodily form around it. His trust embraced it. Thus the logos of the Father goes forth into the all, being the fruit of his heart and the expression of his will. It supports the all. It chooses and also takes the form of the all, purifying it and causing it to return to the Father and to the Mother and Jesus of the utmost sweetness. The Father opens up his bosom, but his bosom is the Holy Spirit. He reveals his hidden self, which is his Son, so that through the compassion of the Father, the aeons may know him and their weary search for the Father, and rest themselves in him, knowing that this is rest. After he had filled what was incomplete, he did away with form. The form of it is the world, that which it served. For where there is envy and strife, there is an incompleteness. But where there is unity, there is completeness. Since this incompleteness came about because they did not know the Father, so when they know the Father, incompleteness, from that moment on, will cease to exist. As one's ignorance disappears when he gains knowledge, and as darkness disappears when light appears, so also incompleteness is eliminated by completeness. Certainly from that moment on, Form is no longer manifest, but will dissolve in fusion with unity. For now their works lie scattered. In time, unity will make spaces complete. By means of unity, each one will understand itself. Each one of us need to understand ourselves, overstand. By means of knowledge, it will purify itself of diversity with a view towards unity, devouring matter within itself like fire and darkness by light, death by life. Overstand, it's a gift and you have knowledge. The Most High will call you by your name and you will know your true name and you will answer to it and be of service to it as you've been revealed to yourself. A modicum of wisdom. A small portion to stimulate the all. And to receiving and learning and knowing your true name.
in Yeshua's name. Blessings and grace. Blessings and grace. I'd like to thank you again for joining me for another offering of Women's Wednesday. I'd like to show love to the frequency that accompanied me this evening. The music. That was just the Cosmic Children, No Kanye, at sunset. <laughs> Followed by Sun Ra, Godspell, Christine Miller, Now is the Way, Edgar, Jungle Groove, F Soul, Greens, Maisie Blue, Nia. Lady Shacklin, Soldier, 
Charm Taylor, Moksha, Imani, Tear Down, Lauren Hill, I Get Out, Tasha Larray, Find My Way, Aaron Maya, Purpose of Me, Sister Mary, Can't Fool I, Lisa Danger, Wise and Prudent, Charlene Hector, The Light, and Georgia Ann Muldrow, Never in Vain, Earthology, The Whitefield Brothers featuring Bajaka, Sarak, 13th Planet Remix, and John 9, Legitimate. Blessings, grace, and love to all, and may all of you seek the wisdom and hold it, since it is yours to begin with. In Yeshua's name, thank you. Blessings and grace. Oh